Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, good evening, everyone. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. And my returning show regular today is Dr. Claudia Makiela from the Center for Health. Today's topic is divorce recovery. The divorce process is devastating for so many people. And if you or someone you know is going through a divorce, we want to offer you the support that you need to get through it. Discussion topics today include learning self-care, having a good support network, boundaries with your ex, making new friends, finances, and so much more. Our special returning guest is family lawyer and divorce coach, Leanne Townsend. Hi there. Hello. So I want you guys at home to stay with us today. This is going to be a fantastic show full of great information. So ladies, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy oh, to be here. It's always fun to be here. I know, right? Yeah, That's what everybody so says fun. when they leave the show, like when we do pictures at the end and stuff. Everyone's like, I had so much fun. Can I come back? <laughs> like, it depends. What are you going to do for me? Huh? What are you going to give me? No. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, and usually I like my regulars and stuff, right? Leanne, you were here uh, last... It was in March. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it no, I had a great time. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, well, it's glad, I'm glad to have you back. So... Let's talk about divorce. So in your opinion, is there still a stigma attached to divorce in 2018, Leanne? Um, I don't think that there is. Um, but I think people in, you know, what you have in your own mind can sometimes be a stigma. Like I know with myself, when I um, got divorced a number of years ago, um, in my head, I had this negative image of being a divorcee. And, you know, anytime I was in a dating situation, it's like, oh, she's out on the prowl. And it was my own self telling me there's nobody else. Right. Yeah. And I think, too, you might think, oh, you know, what, what, what are others going to think? Is there something, you know, wrong with me? Um, but no, that's not the case. And I think, too, in, in terms of a stigma, I, it depends, depends on the culture. That's a really good point, because I do think within certain cultures, um, there definitely is a stigma. And Especially, the I know, the South Asian culture, yes. because we've talked about it on this show before. Yes, and people staying together no matter what. Like, that marriage bond really is for life. So I think in those cultures, there, there definitely is a stigma. Well, I think generally there are a number of people who are either going through divorce or already divorced and I think it's much more common and like you said it, it is kind of something that you create for yourself because even if it's a cultural thing like the grand scheme of things society accepts it as part of what happens sometimes and, and then yeah, yeah and in the grand scheme of things you need to be happy and satisfied in your relationship exactly. and if you've tried everything and exhausted everything then you know yep. so yeah so let's talk about that so for those that uh, who are not divorced and thinking about it, when do you know divorce is right for you? Uh, that's a good question. And I think that when you're, you know, with some, your partner and there's no longer any intimacy or it's few and far between because they you're do sleeping s in separate rooms. Yeah. I mean, they, and I've read that there's studies that have been done that show that like the gauge of how healthy a relationship is, is the sex life in a lot of ways. So, you know, that's definitely uh, a part of it. But also if you're arguing all the time, if you have children, it's not healthy for them to grow up in a, an environment where their parents are constantly arguing 
Obviously, or when your kids are all grown up and, and, you know, you don't need to stay together for them anymore. As yes, well. right. there's a lot of divorces at that stage. It's like the one thing that kept them together is now gone and there's, you know, you're staring at a stranger across from the kitchen table. So uh, there's a lot of people that get divorced at that stage. And when you've lost all respect for, your, for each other, there's tons right. of name calling and there's lack of compromise or when situations usually end up in a fight. Yes. Or when you've gone to therapy and, hey, therapy didn't even work for you. I think it's time to... To move on. Move on. Well, I think that's a good point. I think for a lot of people, especially people with children, they want to know the exhausted alternative. So go to therapy if it doesn't work. Yeah, and you know, I I noticed that a lot of, like, there's so many people who are divorcing, you're right, when the kids are kind of moved on out of the house. And it's fine. I mean, it, it can happen, but I think... Because I'm a parent, and I see how if you don't really start working on the relationship while your kids are young and growing up, that you can kind of lose lose touch with each other. Um, so maybe encouraging people early on to try, you know, start from the get-go and then see what where it takes you. you yeah, know? but don't just get a divorce. Try to work on it first. For yeah. sure. Because I, there's a reason why you got married in the first place. Right. Good right. point. Yeah. So, and, well, and divorce, is, from a legal perspective, has a lot of consequences, too. So it's not something you should enter into lightly. You should exhaust all alternatives first. Right. And why do you think so many people get divorced? In term, like, okay, so my belief is that I don't feel that, I mean, being a date coach, a matchmaker, being in this industry, I truly feel that most people don't meet the right person for them. I think a lot of people settle in this world because for whatever reason, they want to um, join their bank accounts, they want to have kids, whatever the case may be. And then what happens is you get into this relationship and the spark isn't there. You know, you're not even compatible. And, you know, years go by and you're like, well, what am I doing here? Or, or people drift apart. What do you guys think? I, I think that my opinion is that you're right. Some people are mismatched. But a lot of people yeah, are mismatched. mismatched. And I think people listening at home know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're mismatched, but then they're also living in this belief that things have to be a certain way. Every relationship is different. And what works for you, maybe you do want a child, and maybe that's all you want out of the relationship. So just being clear about that. You know. We're going to come back as Leanne. I want to hear from you. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. We're talking about divorce recovery on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. We're talking about divorce recovery right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. My show regular today is Dr. Claudia McKella from the Center for Health. And we have family lawyer and divorce coach Leanne Townsend in here today. And we're talking again, yes, about divorce recovery. And before the break, we were talking about why we feel that people, a lot of people do get divorced. And I want to hear from you now, Leanne. Uh, Yeah, I think there's a couple things at play, and and both of the things that you guys have touched upon definitely are factors. Um, I think another part of it is is that often people are getting get married, say in their 20s or early 30s, and I know myself, like I'm not the same person now in my 50s. Totally agree. That I was then, and so to to think that you're going to meet someone at that age and magically grow together in every way and keep together for a lifetime, I don't know if in 2018 uh, that's 
somewhat unrealistic I don't know and then the instant gratification society that we're in I feel like people don't if something's hard it's difficult it's negative oh no negative vibes please and move on (laughs) get rid of it but I think it's more difficult to go out there and get a divorce so let's say you've decided to get a divorce Leanne what are the next steps how what what does a process look like um, well, first of all, preparation. Uh, I think that that is key. And before, if you're thinking about getting a divorce and and you haven't said anything to your spouse, I think it's still it's a good idea to consult um, some people before you utter that D word and actually prepare because there's things you can do that a lawyer will tell you um, to properly prepare yourself. So I think a lawyer is probably one of the people you should consult for a consultation. And you should interview more than one. I, I, like all of your team that you put together, whether it's a fi- you need a financial person, probably a lawyer, uh, maybe a mediator, maybe a divorce coach or therapist. These are people you should interview for the right fit. And that's something that you can do before you, you know, go steamrolling ahead with a divorce. Um, And divorce coaching can help with that as well, because someone, a coach can help you figure out you know, do you need a mediator? Do you need a pit bull? Do you need someone who's going to be able to hold yes, your hand Yes, you a need lot? a pit bull. Are you <laughs> a, a pit, pit bull? bull? No, a pit bull's not I right for every situation. As, I can't see I'm not. you as a pit bull. I'm not, and I'm proud of it. I think that there's certain cases, and I would tell this to someone who comes in through my door as a client, like if you need, there's cases that need a pit bull, and there's cases where a pit bull is going to make it worse, drive up the legal fees, and make more conflict potentially, and you need someone who's more of a hand holder and more warm and fuzzy and more consistent. It depends on your specific divorce. What do we do with the engagement ring? <laughs> oh, I know. That's a loaded I'd question. I keep it. Me too. Uh, I still have mine. Depends but, how big uh, it is. If it's really big, I'd keep it and wear it. I just put it on a different finger. <laughs> or just have it redone. You definitely don't have to give it back. From like from a legal perspective, it's definitely something. Do people you can actually keep. ask for it back? Uh, some people do. Oh please! Yes, you don't. Especially have to if give you've it been back. married for many many years, I'd be like, yeah, right, buddy. I'm not yeah. giving you anything back. <laughs> I gave you 20 years, now back off. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so why is it so important to have a good support network and not rely on your children for emotional support? Because many people do this, Leanne, and it annoys the crap out of me. It annoys me too. And whether your children are young or whether they're adults, you should not be relying on them. And, And that's where you see it more is when the children are adults, the parents think, oh, well, they're adults too. So, you know, I can rely on them. And, and, and you can't. They should be, first of all, they're going through their own grief and drama, or, or not drama, but trauma. I've seen it with young kids, though. Yeah, well, when it's terrible, they, you know, it's And these it's poor kids, terrible. yeah, these poor kids are stuck in the middle going, okay, I love my mommy, I love my yep. daddy, and they're confusing me. Mommy's saying this, daddy's saying this. It's like, leave the kids out of it. Exactly. Please. If you want them to have a chance at life and grow up to be healthy and good people, then leave them out and of it. you want them to formulate their own opinion on what a relationship should be like. You don't want them to use your relationship as an example, right? No, and you want them to have a healthy relationship with both their parents. Right. I, in an ideal world, children have a good relationship with mom and with dad. It doesn't matter if mom and dad hate each other. Mm-hmm. They're entitled to have that relationship and you should never do anything to undermine it. Right. Yeah. And you know, if let's say it's a situation where there was an unfaithful partner that's not up to the parent to let the child know because I hear about this all the time. It's not up to the parent. The child will eventually grow up if unless and you know, they'll hear about it. And they'll it. hear about it yeah. and they'll have their own opinion. You shouldn't have the kids judging that. No, part of and the a lot of people do that. Yeah. Like especially the cheating. They'll tell yes. the child that the other parent 
cheated now, on. Now, do you see this within your practice? I, I do. And, and it's very do you, hard. Do you, it's hard. I mean, you try and talk to the client. and So you do, though. You try I, to talk I to them. I do try. But at the end of the day, I can't control them, right? I'm they, sure they, you want to just strangle people at times. <laughs> oh, sometimes I do. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> yeah. really want to. You're it's just like, like crazy. Like, seriously? <laughs> Come on, grow up. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that people go through to restart their lives. Well, I think there's lots of things they can do. I mean, first of all, especially if you've been in a long-term marriage, your identity gets so wrapped up in the marriage and being a mom, you kind of forget who you were before all of it. And it's important to to reestablish that and find out who you are again, discover your passions, um, pursue things that you've always wanted to pursue. Yeah, I think, and we're going to talk about self-love because we don't have much time uh, when we come back later on in the show. But I think that, especially when you're out there and dating, which we will also talk about, it's really important to really love yourself again and and to give yourself that time before you start getting back out there in the dating world. But we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about finances. Very important and how to deal with them. So when we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about divorce recovery when we come back after the break. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. And Dr. Claudia McKell is here. She's one of my regulars. And Leanne Townsend is here. All right, let's talk about finances. So does divorce inevitably result in a lower standard of living than you had while married? As much as I'd like to say no, I mean, the reality is yes, because you have you know, double the expenses. So you have the same amount of income that two people might have been generating and you've now got two households. So there's really no way around, you know, that being the case. I mean, you can recover from it. It doesn't have to be financially devastating, but the reality is, is your standard of living is probably not going to be quite And that's quite probably safe. a motivation for people to stay in a marriage, right? Because like sure. it's the financial strain for a man or a woman. Because I hear about all the time in my own, like, even though my practice is nothing related to family law, but I hear about all the time. It's like you cannot afford to be divorced. So sometimes it forces people to stay in that relationship for that very reason. And I think more people stay together for money reasons than ch- they always say it's about the children. And I always want to say like BS, you're staying yeah. together because of the money. You just feel <laughs> don't want to say that right right now is common law considered the same as marriage um so if you're with a partner for let's say seven years you break up you're only common law i mean could i be experiencing the same trauma and devastation as if i was divorced let's say for sure you could experience the same like mental emotional psychological financially um, wise financially it's different it could be worse actually because um common law uh couples in ontario don't have the same rights uh to property uh as married couples so there's people who live together for a long time and one person owns everything and then they could potentially get wiped out um, of of having a share. But in they any of might those potentially have to pay for alimony. Yes, there's yes. still if you if you live together three years or more, there you oh, really? could be that. entitled to to spousal support depending on the situation. But um, but yeah, there's a lot of people don't understand that there is a difference either, and and that can lead to some hardship. But definitely emotionally, like if you love someone and you've been together a long time, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I guess I should have worded it differently. That's not what I meant, of course. I mean, you could have a relationship with someone for six months and be gaga, head over heels with this person, think this person was your ultimate 
right. soulmate. You've never met anyone like them in the past and be as devastated as someone who was married to someone for 20 years. I've seen it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Right. That happened to me when I was young. I dated a guy. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> thought he was my soulmate. I wasn't thinking properly at the time. <laughs> it took me, I, I didn't allow myself to get over him. It took me eight years, like, seriously. Really? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote about it a bit in my book, Single in the City. I just because it was a big part of my life. Like, not that I was devastated daily, like I couldn't get out of bed or anything. But I thought about him for eight years until one day I just released it all. And I said, "Okay, Laura, think about all the things that went wrong in that relationship. Don't think of all the good times. Think mm-hmm. of the bad times too. Why you weren't a great match?" And then you know, I started. A, Getting better after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I allow myself to heal. And that's, that's a really good, that's a really uh, important question that I have. So, you know, as much as you're doing the family law, you're also like, you're a coach, right? So how do you tell somebody, okay, like you need to get over this and you need to move on? Because I think that's the biggest problem in people's lives, period, let alone divorce, where something happens, you have to figure out and you have to find the strength and the know-how, how to move on beyond these issues in your life. For sure. And, and that is part of the coaching process. Like, but, but you have to help someone come to that conclusion themselves because telling them, you know, isn't necessarily, they're not going to internalize it or they may know it on a conscious level, but they're, they have, you know, behavior patterns and thought patterns mm-hmm. that are causing okay. them to be stuck. And, and you also see people sticking in relationships that they really should leave mm-hmm. and they need coaching to get out of it because they just can't seem to pull the trigger. So it works in both of those areas. So let's get back to finances now. So what are some great tips to get your finances back in order as a single person and getting comfortable with money, especially if your ex handled the bills? First of all, don't let your ex handle all the bills from the beginning. No, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Money is power, whether we like it or not in our society, money is power. And if you're in the dark about- It certainly is. Mm. (laughs) If you're in the dark about your family finances, you're gonna have a problem because it's easier for the other person to hide stuff as well. Um, And so, I mean, my advice to anyone at any stage of their life is to know where the money's coming from, know where the money's going out. You've gotta be comfortable with that. Um, you can find trusted, you know, financial advisors that are great. There's lots who work with people going through divorce and there's lots who work with women or men or, you know, if you have a preference and it's important to get, you know, somebody that you f- feel that you trust. Um, but you need to get comfortable with money no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Yep. So let's say uh, you've both decided you want to get divorced. Should you allocate a certain time before that happens? Or because some people are just like, okay, this is over. Let's let's go. Let's separate. Realistically, I mean, should there be a time frame like six months or something to get things settled and? Um, there should be. I mean, and like the divorce can take like almost as short or as long as you want it to to take. Like you have to have lived apart for a year in order to be granted a divorce. Um, but in terms of going through the process, like if you have a short-term marriage and there's not a lot to divide up and it's fairly amicable, you can move through the process fairly quickly. Um, the problem is where people are arguing about things and you end up having to go to court and fight it out. Um, that's where it drags on and where people are in almost in that codependent state of want they're vindictive they're mm-hmm. angry they they don't care if they're right they just want to feel like they won 
Well, quickly before the break, what if both parties don't want to leave the house, but clearly someone should? What happens then? Right. Uh, well, I mean, they, both parties, if they're married, have a right to uh, possession of the matrimonial home. So both parties have a right to be there. And you can only get somebody out if they're abusing you. Um, you know, you'd have to go to court and apply uh, for exclusive possession, and it's hard to do. So that that's often a problem when neither one wants to leave. Like that movie, War of the Roses. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll yep. be right back talking about divorce recovery on the Dating and Relationship Show. Great show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night and you're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And every week, I want you guys at home to tune in every week because this is the best show on the planet. It is. It is. <laughs> I tune in every Sunday. Because we are helping people with their dating lives and their relationships mm -hmm. yes and what's more important than a relationship yep. nothing yep you're exactly. right while your kids are but that's a, but that's a relationship okay true <laughs> <laughs> claudia yes i had a break, question had a... i'm curious to know like how do you decide on the date of separation if you're still living in the same dwelling um, the date of separation is determined by a number of factors. So it's not just when somebody moves out of the home or the two parties move apart. It, it, it depends on have you been sharing a bedroom? Are you intimate? Are you going to um, social events and holding yourself out still as a couple? Are you acting as a couple? Those are all factors okay. that go into it. Well, okay. what if one party says, yes, we are, and the other one says, no, clearly we broke up a year ago, but she thinks we are. Well, the people argue about it. Um, and, and often the argument gets tied to finances because things are valued as of the separation date. So, to, you know, sometimes with a home or a certain investment, the value might have gone up or down over a period of time. So people will argue about what that date is to try and gain a financial advantage. Oh. So I want to talk about making new friends now. You're single, your friends are all coupled up, the friends that you, you know, you're used to hanging out with. How do you deal with feeling like a third wheel? It's hard. I mean, I think inevitably when you are a couple, you tend to have a lot of couple friends. Um, but there's also lots of divorced people out there. So, you know, I think when you're going through a divorce, sometimes you have a tendency to want to isolate. And that's the last thing you should do. It's important to put yourself out there. Um, maybe look at hobbies that you have that right. where you could meet some new people. I always say, like, get a gym membership and get that revenge body going. <laughs> and, you know, you might meet people at the gym. Um, there's meetup groups. Like, I'm, I'm Fantastic. That's the advice I always give give my clients. Revenge body? No, no. Not revenge body. <laughs> hey, but too. that's a good one. Thank you. No, because I'm not usually dealing with people that come right out of a divorce. I'm dealing mainly with people that are out there dating and are having a difficult time with it. But I do always suggest meetup groups. Yes. Joining new groups, mixing with new social circles. I support also, groups too. Right. Like I have a meetup group that's a divorce support group. So it's for other people who are going through the other women. What's it and called? So it's called the it. Toronto Midlife Women's Separation and Divorce Support Group. Wow. Okay. And people have to know too that getting a divorce doesn't mean that you have less options socially. No, it definitely does not. And, and in fact, you know, you, I think when you're on your own, it makes you, it forces you to connect with mm -hmm. people more than just hiding behind kind of being in a couple. So you definitely can. I think I would give the advice, you know, get out there. Don't necessarily hang around the people that you did for the last whatever number of years. Try and reinvent yourself. 
Because that's what this divorce is about. It's about reinventing you and who you are. We're going to talk about self-love shortly because that's so important. Loving yourself. Now, should uh, (laughs) we reach out to people we haven't spoken to in 20 years? Or do you guys think that's being gutsy? Love I think it. it's being gutsy, but why not? Right, like, that's right. the time to be gutsy. Go ahead and do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? They, you know, they're not interested. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So right. definitely, you should. as long as it was a healthy, you know, positive relationship, because you, you're at a time when you want to be surrounding yourself with positive, supportive people. So you can't have enough of those people in your life. So mm-hmm. reach out to them. Okay, let's talk about boundaries with your ex. So important. Should we keep in touch with our ex after a breakup? I think it depends on whether you have kids, um, because if you have children, of course, you're going to have to. Um, It depends on if the relationship was abusive or toxic and you don't have kids, then no, there's no reason Mm -hmm. to have any contact with this person. Because Leanne, I know some couples, well, ex-couples, they won't communicate anymore. That's hard. And I think it's horrible for the kids. What are the consequences for the kids' sake when their parents aren't talking? It puts them in the middle. Um, it, like if they're older, it's it can be easier. Like if the kids are teens, um, you know, parents, you know, they have their own cell phone. Parents can kind of go, you know, more through the kids to to talk to them that way. But when they're younger, it, it's it's harmful to their kids. And I think you know, just because you've gone through a divorce, you sh- we should all step up and be an adult and mm-hmm. suck up our pride and you know do something for our kids to try and at least make things on amicable on the surface. Sometimes, though, it's not necessarily the parents that don't want to talk, but it's the girlfriend or boyfriend of that parent that won't allow them to talk. What do you have to say to those people? Get a new girlfriend or boyfriend would be my first advice because that's not somebody who should be in your children's lives. They're not being respectful of your children's other parents and that's harmful and they they need to be a bigger person and you if you have someone if you're dating someone who's like that then that's right off the bat to me a a huge red flag. Huge red flag but on Fortunately, some it's people common. won't because they'll think, okay, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me, so I'm just going to stick with it. I mean, again, I think you're hurting your children and you need to put your children first ahead of your girlfriend or boyfriend. And so maybe they're going to be upset and give you grief, but, you know, deal with it. There you go, folks at home. You heard it from Leanne Townsend. <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> me too. Okay, let's talk about setting boundaries with your ex and why is it so important, especially if you're co-parenting. It's really important because, um, well, first of all, you're starting another phase of your life. So if you keep, people kind of get into this, it's almost like they're half in and half out. They say they're splitting up and getting a divorce, but they're still kind of doing things almost as a family. And and that's confusing for your children. Um, And it can be, you know, confusing for everyone involved. So again, it, it depends on the nature of your relationship, what type of boundaries you need. If it's been abusive or toxic, then you're going to need firmer, stricter boundaries. If it's, you know, it didn't work out, but you're still friendly, then the boundaries don't have to be as stringent. Okay, we're talking about healthy boundaries that you should set with your ex. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about divorce recovery with Leanne Townsend and Claudia McKella and myself, Laura Bellotta, singleinthecity.ca. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's the Dating and Relationship Show on Sunday night right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta. 
Joining me today again is Dr. Claudia McKella. She's from the Center for Health. And Leanne Townsend, she's a family lawyer and divorce coach. Her practice is right here in Toronto. That's right. Yeah, so I want to talk about healthy boundaries and what they should look like with your ex. So let's talk about phone calls. What do those boundaries look like? Um, Again, it depends somewhat on the relationship. So if you've been in an abusive or toxic relationship, then phone calls might not be um, something you you should have. Like I know in my own relationship, there was a time when things were very toxic and you know I had to say to my ex-husband I will not speak to you on the phone I will only deal with you through text or email and if you call me I'm going to hang up and I had to do that you know just to protect my own self-esteem and myself and so you know but if you have someone again where it's more amicable they're not going to abuse it then phone calls are fine um not incessant phone calls i mean that's where it depends again if someone's calling you all the time then you know you have to put boundaries that i will speak to you once a day it needs to be to do with the children um, especially if you're in a relationship they have to respect that so don't be calling at nighttime when you're with your significant other exactly maybe you know call during the day when you're at work so that they don't have to hear that? Because I know that drives people crazy. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's so dependent on the actual situation because, you know, if people don't abuse the privilege of calling, then it's fine. But if you're if someone's calling, where are you? What are you doing? Right. I mean, that's what? not their business, it's right? Not your business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So do you suggest that people text rather than call most of the time? I think texting or emailing is better because um, it's... It, first of all, there's a record, as a right. lawyer in me speaking out, there's a record of what the dialogue has been. Um, and it's also less liable to get heated. And you can kind of take a, you know, a few deep breaths before you respond to a message and maybe not respond um, in an emotional way in certain situations. Um, so I think it's better that way. What do healthy boundaries look like in terms of rescheduling visits? That's a good one. Don't um, do it last minute. No, don't do it last minute. But I, I say to people, you have to be flexible on some level because at some point it's going to be you who needs the rescheduling or to change something. Yeah, the holidays so, will be stressful. Yes. Right? And so you have to be flexible. But on the other hand, like there's certain people who, again, abuse it. They're always late. They're always canceling. They're always rescheduling. And that's where you have to be firm about the boundaries that, you know, it's okay once in a while or if there's an emergency or some important event, but otherwise stick to the schedule and uh, follow it. Right. And let's talk about intimacy now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, my my advice would be there shouldn't be intimacy if you're, you know, if it's an ex, um, but someone else might say something different. Yeah, what's that all about, (laughs) trying to get some? Like, it's over. Exactly. Do people still do that? You're okay to break out with me a few months ago, so get off me. Yeah, Stay away. Exactly. It's like, it's why done. go back? I mean, you know, like, there's probably situations where it maybe a, a, people reconcile and they go on mm-hmm. to have a long term relationship. But but generally, you got out of the relationship for a reason. But I don't think that's healthy, especially if you've had a relationship and there are a lot of feelings there once upon a time mm-hmm. to continue having yeah. that intimacy. I agree. I think you should just going to give mixed messages first of all break the ties and just move on and usually there's one person who wanted to move on more than the other and so I think for the one who you know didn't want to move on it it does more difficult yeah makes it more that would be hard makes it more difficult for sure okay let's talk about dating again tips for dating after divorce yeah what's the reasonable amount of time to heal or to or well, to it's wait. All, it's different for everybody. Okay. Yes. What I tell people is generally at least six months to a year, but it all depends on the person and, you know, 
you it just you need to get rid of that baggage and you need to get over all the hurt. I mean, you might not totally get over it 100%, but at least be in a good place where you can move on and you're not thinking about the situation 24 hours a day. But I think so much of it depends on like how long the relationship was um, and then what your hurt or, you know, healing needs to be. Um, and there's also, like I always say, people shouldn't jump into another serious long-term relationship right away. But if, if somebody can casually date, they can do that soon. Some people can't do that. Um, and so it's not a suitable thing to do. But you know, if you're okay to just go out and have fun and be casual, then you can do that sooner. And there are a lot of people that just can't be alone. Yes. And, and I, I hate but that's to say this, to learn. I, but I hate to say it, but a lot of guys are like that. Really? Yeah. And, you know, and more women. I would say you need to learn to be alone without feeling lonely because otherwise you're probably going to jump into the wrong relationship. You mm-hmm. need to just get comfortable with that alone time. And I know in my own experience, like there was a time when I first got divorced where I could not be home alone. Like if it was a Friday night or Saturday night, I would, I had to go that's out. That's where and, you have to get a pet. <laughs> I had pets. They, they, were, they weren't a substitute for you have a dog? I have two dogs. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. my pet yeah. is a great substitute for a human. <laughs> <laughs> I love my dog. Like My dog is like a human. Well, in some cases, it can probably be a better substitute. But uh, I do. Th- it's just it is important just to get comfortable being, uh, you know, alone without feeling lonely. We're talking about dating again. Tips for dating after divorce right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ladies, I'm loving this show. I think we're helping a lot of people here today. I have Leanne Townsend in uh, in studio. She's a family lawyer and divorce coach. And Dr. Claudia McKilla, she's from the Center for Health. And we're talking about divorce recovery. Before the break, we were talking about dating again, tips for dating after divorce. We're going to continue with that. Now, before the break, I was saying something along the lines of, I feel that a lot of men don't like being alone. And just from my experience, I, I don't want to say all men, but from my experiences, that's what I've seen. But I don't know if I want to take it back a little bit because, you know, as a day coach, I hear so many women complaining to me about men sending them pics and all they want is sex and sex and sex and they get proposition for sex. And a lot of these men have been married and I feel like they don't want that commitment, but they do want companionship and they want to have sex because, you know, men want to have sex. <laughs> Leanne's <do> laughing. <laughs> yeah, right. True. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But what do you think, Leanne? I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I, I think that's that's part of the whole dating culture, even though right now is just people looking for casual relationships. They don't want the commitment or responsibility of being tied to someone or responsible to someone or that the expectation that every Friday or Saturday you're going to see each other and, and that sort of thing. They want to be able to have the sexual the intimacy and companionship as desired on their terms and their schedule. And I think there's a lot of that. I was just surprised to hear you say that, because, but my assumption was automatically um, that men want the companionship more for the intimacy, not for being necessarily alone. Because I think men like to generally be on their own doing their own thing, but they like to be intimate too. Yeah. So there's both sides, really. Because I come across, like I was coaching a guy this past weekend and that was his thing. He's in such a rush to meet someone. And I said, you know what, just take your time. Like, what is the rush? He 
says, I just, I'm one of those guys that just doesn't like to be alone. My brother was one of those guys that didn't like to be alone. I just, growing up with a lot of men around me, I just felt like they just needed a relationship. Or before they left that relationship, they had to have something else going on. When I think this kind of ties in with what you're talking about is I've read that the happiest group of adults is generally married men. Um, whereas women tend to fare, ha- they're happier, apparently, like not married. Uh, you know, I don't know about that, but that's that's what I've read. So it would make sense that men on some level like having the relationship of a, a woman or, or need that on some level, maybe more so than women do. I, I don't know. Right. And a man can be totally happy with a woman and still cheat on her. And still love her. Yes. Right. That's a good point. It's yep. true. Because yep. we talked about that on the show. So they can actually still be in love with their wife, mm-hmm. but they can have something else on the side. And they'll never leave their wife. I think the statistics are 5% of men will actually leave their wife. For um, the other that's woman. For the other woman. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Finding a great man is hard to come by. But a man who's cheating on his wife is not necessarily the, the greatest man. No, and he'll probably cheat on you. Like, I, I mean, I don't believe once a cheater, always a cheater. But I do think that there is something to be said for somebody who's already cheated once doing it again. I was at the, I, I went out for a, a friend's birthday the other night. And there was this guy who just wouldn't leave me alone. He's like, come on, just go out for dinner with me. I'm like, buddy, I have a boyfriend. He wouldn't leave me alone. He's getting my face. And everywhere we went, we'd take pictures. And I, he's in the pictures in the background. <laughs> and he's making these funny faces. And he wouldn't leave me alone. I said, why would you want to date someone like me? So if I was to cheat on my boyfriend and go out with you, and then we started a relationship, would you actually really trust me? And he's like, yeah, why not? I'm better than the boyfriend. Look at me. He goes, I'll give you whatever you want. I'm thinking you don't get it. You're just yeah. a <laughs> So what do you think are the biggest fears after going through a divorce and getting back out in the dating world? I mean, I think one of the biggest fears is the fear of just being alone forever. And I think that can cause people to settle, unfortunately. But I think that's a a big fear when people go through a divorce. And why do you think they have that fear? Because it's hard to meet people. It is. It it is. is. So they see their friends struggling in the dating world. Leanne, like you see it all the time. It's Uh, tough out there. And I'm out there and I see it. And, you know, I sometimes think people think I must be a closet psychopath because I've been single a long time. And people will say, you know, you have X, Y, and Z going for you. Why are you always single? And I I am. Like I I date. I do go out. But it's very hard to to meet people. Even with, I, I don't know, I have my own view on online dating. I think to some degree it's kind of ruined dating in some ways it has for um, sure yeah. because it's called the paradox of choice what's, yes. what's happening is people don't make a choice because they feel like they don't want to make a choice because they're always looking for something better there's always Thinking, another option right yeah so now i want to talk about self-love how important it is to love yourself again before you get out there and start dating again how can we get back to self-love and learning self-care well, and that is so important. And I think that that is also ties in with being alone. I think you, when you go through a divorce, you need to have a period of time where you are alone so that you can learn, if you, if you haven't already, to love yourself again, because you're not going to be in a healthy, happy relationship with someone else if you don't love yourself. Um, and often people's self-esteem is low when they come out of a divorce, particularly if they were cheated on and, and all of and that. And that's why you need to take care of your mind, body, and soul. And you need to exercise yeah. and eat healthy so that you feel better. Exactly. Yep. You need yourself. to do all of those things. And, and then as you grow and become better and better, you're going to attract 
better and better people as well. So, you know, that part of self-love and working on yourself and growing will ultimately put you in a position where you'll hopefully, not hopefully, you will attract someone who's at a higher, you know, level or manifesting at a higher level than someone else. That's a really good point. And you want to accept only positive relationships in your life. So someone's causing havoc in your life and is just a negative Sally, get rid of them. Yes, if anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself. Except for your family. Boundaries, that's what you need with Mm -hmm. everybody. Do things that make you happy. So explore the world, new cultures, new people, learn about new things. Yep. And give, I think important is to give yourself time to heal. For sure. And, you know, and step into yourself, like as a woman or a man, Mm -hmm. like I I find a lot of women in particular that when they take on the mom role, um, they completely lose their sexuality, they lose sight of themselves as a woman. And when you get divorced, I I think it's really important that you get in touch with that side of yourself again. You can learn more about self-love. You can grab a copy of my book, Single in the City, available at Chapters, Amazon. That's it for today. That's that's our show. What a fantastic show. Leanne, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Where can people reach you? Uh, My website is www.leannetownsend.ca. You can find all my contact information there. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. um, And very active, by the way. I I am. (laughs) Claudia, where do people find you? You can find me at www.chrehab.ca or just follow me on Instagram. Just look for my name, Claudia Claudia McKellar. And you can find me at singleinthecity.ca. I can be your matchmaker if you are ready to get back into the dating scene. And that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much. What a fantastic show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, ciao for now.